This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the SOS show. I am your host Suchita and today we are talking about a very sensitive topic in mental health and in life in general and that's queering mental health. Uh we are uh in conversation with Shruti Chakravarti and Pooja Nair. Shruti Chakravarti has an experience of 15 years in the non-profit sector as a mental health practitioner, researcher, trainer and social worker. Her areas of engagement have been mental health, gender and sexuality from a rights-based perspective. She is an independent therapeutic practice based in Mumbai and an in-depth experience working with LGBTQIA+ clients. She has also co-authored a training manual on gay affirmative counseling practice and conducts several interactive workshops. She is currently pursuing a PhD on queer intimacies at Tata Institute of Social Sciences and she is also chief advisor at Mariwala Health Initiative. Pujanar uh, has been a part of the non-profit sector for over a decade and she has worked variously as a researcher, documentation consultant, trainer, independent therapist. She has an MPhil in social work and has worked in areas of life skills, gender, sexuality, violence and child sexual abuse. Pooja is currently working on a PhD in addition to being a mental health practitioner and trainer and she's a member of LABIA Queer Feminist LBT Collective. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the SOS show and today we are joined by Pooja and Shruti and we're going to be talking about queering mental health, a very interesting topic, something that I've been always wanting to know and get deeper into it. So today is the day. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank yeah, thank you for having us. We are very glad that you could take our time uh, for this uh, very important conversation. Um but you know what I have been sort of talking to Shruti for a while now and of course you guys have been very busy with your schedule and you know uh so today lucky to have you guys here. I'm very curious to know that why did Pooja you and Shruti you take up this very important conversation on querying mental health. Okay um uh, so Pooja here I think uh, we sort of of course we knew each other as part of collectives and activist circles and uh, you know generally that sort of a space mm. we've shared that space for many many years so there are these are all associations that go back a long time in history um we also happen to be trained in counseling and uh, psychology and all of that so mental health practitioners we also all of us came with a background of studying gender and sexuality as a subject as mm-hmm. well mhm and of course all of us are queer identified mhm so there are uh, there are these multiple locations that we straddle or handle and mm-hmm. speak from and we thought uh, that perhaps it's time to sort of uh, for one part of ourselves to speak to the other and see what gets created in that process so where do our queer selves and our lives as queer people if that if those experiences could speak to our expertise in mental health or our expertise in counseling hmm. and sort of see where that can take us because we always recognize that there is a dissonance there yes there is an incongruence yeah mm. living life as queer individuals we know the kind of pathologization that exists in mental health yes so it's 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 also very sort of deeply felt incongruence that you are in a profession that sees mm. you as deviants 
Mm. You know, and that's that's yeah. not uh, that's not an easy sort of reality to handle. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely, I think that I think that's a huge challenge. Uh, Shruti, would you like to add something to it in terms of what was the feeling? You know, I mean, when you sort of you know you said this is this is something that needs to be addressed. Uh, what would you like to add something to what did you actually personally go through? In a few words, sure. So my training also has been in uh, psychology and social yes. work, mm. uh, very much mental health related. Mm. And uh, around the time that I was studying this, I was also coming out as a lesbian woman. And I mm. found that no reflection or representation of my realities, my emotions mm. uh, existed in mainstream mental health curriculum, except mm. as deviant subjects. Mm. Uh, or earlier deviant subjects, but now no more abnormal. Uh, mm. There was very little otherwise conversation on what a queer person's life looks like. So if you're not heterosexual, then mm. what are you? Uh, the mm. representation of that in curriculum uh, was entirely missing. So that was a dissonance for me. And of course, okay. as you live life also in the kind of society that we are in, Uh, mm-hmm. the understandings of uh, what is normal sexuality is also very limited only to heterosexuality so it was around the same time that i was studying as well as coming out as a lesbian woman that mm-hmm. i found that in society and in what i was studying there mm-hmm. were huge gaps about who i am how i feel and what is my authentic and real lived experience of my sexuality and gender so that so so that started my journey with actually engaging more on the topics of gender sexuality and mental health uh, which is i think now about 15 years ago that i'm talking when my journey began wow gender sexuality and mental health uh, but before we actually get into this uh, you know very important conversation on gender sexuality and mental health i want to touch base with the very basic and what do you guys think about in terms of the inequality that affects the mental health of a person in at a very basic level again this is an this is an important question because this is the beginning of contextualizing mental health yes and not seeing it in isolation so unless you contextualize and talk about the world we live in and the kind of world we live in a conversation on mental health will be in that sense you know incomplete or will never really help us get to uh, any sort of real conversation uh, mm-hmm. so yeah in, in uh, towards that goal of contextualizing mental health i would say inequality and living in an unequal world and experiencing that inequality <clears throat> is is extremely i mean damaging to our sense of self yeah and in therapy or in mental health what we really work with is also the self that the that the client brings to that space and when you see that this sense of self is so deeply damaged because of all the inequality be it class caste gender in this country right now religion yes. sexuality or for all of these reasons if you grow up in a system where you are constantly being told that you are less of a human being yes. that you are not that you don't matter that your life does not matter your pain doesn't matter your reality also does not matter because you see that uh, no, no systems around you have not accounted for your life at all yes so systems around you are not ready for you will not cater to you so when you grow up in this sort of 
scarcity of anything that mirrors your life or says that your existence is valid and mm. that you are not uh, that you are not dispensable that really your your existence is meaningless is yes. valueless and all mm. of these things so if you grow just imagine i mean try to think of what it means to grow up thinking you your life and your existence does not matter yeah whether you live or die whether you experience pain or not nobody cares yes yeah? in yes. fact systems are geared to actually damage you yeah at each and every step and imagine yeah. growing up and trying to survive forget about thriving so that's the other the, the yeah. problem you know in yes. such a situation let's let's just not pretend to even talk about uh, thriving we yeah. are simply talking at the survival level and imagine yeah. a life that is only engaged and struggling for survival and has no opportunity to thrive yes all of these matters are deeply connected to the mental health of a person yeah this and this is just the basic level everyday everyday phenomenon for perhaps a lot of people billions Absolutely. out there and now we're talking about sexuality uh, gender and sexuality that leads to of course a lot of other issues in mental health mm-hmm. uh, you know guys have always wondered you know uh, lgbtqia just for our audience would you like to define that uh Okay, as in, in just as just an elaborate yeah. forms. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, LGBTQ or what we like to call the alphabet soup. Mm. But I mean, uh, <laughs> just yeah. uh, again, this these these are all uh, these are all terms that have a certain historical context. Okay. Uh, these are not mm. terms that are expansive or mm. cover all queer realities. Sure. let's just first uh, awesome. lay that down this is this is not something that is uh, covering every queer life or every queer identity mm. or every queer experience but mm. historically these are some of the terms that got used um mm. and which is why today we have uh, we we uh, add a plus plus to the end of uh, these uh, letters right lgbtqia yes. plus or plus, plus, yeah. plus. Mm-hmm. it is to uh, it is to also signify that there are far more diversity in the queer community than mm-hmm. these letters okay so just coming back to the letters l mm-hmm. here stands for lesbian woman mm-hmm. identified person sexually mm-hmm. romantically and uh, all of that sexually romantically mm-hmm. attracted to another woman identified person mm-hmm. gay is uh, woman uh, man identified uh, mm-hmm. person attracted mm-hmm. to another man identified mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. i'm also very consciously using the word identified sure. and not man or woman because we our understanding of body equals to gender has collapsed now yeah so we mm-hmm. go by assertion self assertion and self determination of gender irrespective of uh, what body you're born with or what the world says you are <clears throat> sure now uh, so b is uh, bisexual mm-hmm. um this of course uh, rests on the binary understanding of gender so if you're un- mm. uh, if you are attracted to two genders mm. uh i you identify you identify as bisexual that's b mm-hmm. uh t is for uh, trans yeah uh, t- uh, and today we have the umbrella term of trans star mm-hmm. uh which means uh, persons who i uh, whose gender does not conform whose gender identity and gender assertion does not conform to what they were assigned at birth 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a mm. trans woman would be a person who was assigned male at birth, mm-hmm. but their gender, her gender mm-hmm. is that of woman. Mm-hmm. Trans man would be a person who was assigned a gender, but uh, they're assertion, uh, assigned a gender by the medical uh, or, you know, familiar mm-hmm. contexts mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. but identifies as man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Q, uh, Q stands for queer. The word originated as a slur or as mm. a, as a word that was to sort of uh, stigmatize LGBT persons. Mm-hmm. But uh, later on, uh, the community reclaimed that word, and mm-hmm. it is now l- widely used by the queer community. Uh, and it it is an umbrella term within which everyone. Mm who does not conform to the axis of heterosexuality, the mm-hmm. axis of gender binary and mm-hmm. the axis of body binary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those who do not fall in any of these normative categories come within the queer umbrella, identify themselves as being in the queer umbrella. Mm-hmm. So queer is a very wide, expansive term. Mm-hmm. If your realities don't match the normative, you find mm-hmm. yourself uh, uh, here in this space, mm-hmm. I, I I stand for intersex. Mm-hmm. A more detailed uh, term would be persons with intersex variations. Mm-hmm. Uh, intersex refers to body types. It is mm-hmm. no, it has nothing to do with gender or sexuality. Intersex means the body uh, does not conform again to the binary understanding of bodies. Mm-hmm. We understand bodies to be only of two types, which is mm-hmm. really not true. Bodies are of multiple types. I mean, even if you were to just classify people on the length of their arms, you would mm-hmm. have multiple variations of it. Similarly, sex variations or whatever we call external genitalia and secondary sex characters, all of our characteristics, all of these medically and socially are divided into only two types. Mm-hmm. But intersex is... a uh, Intersex persons and intersex activists also, as we know today, are saying that it is this classification of two bodies which makes our body abnormal. Mm -hmm. It is not as if the body is unnatural. All bodies are natural. I mean, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, we know all bodies are natural, but intersex Mm -hmm. is seen as abnormal because it does not fit the two body system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that Mm -hmm. is intersex. Now, an intersex person could have any gender identity, any sexuality. It is not linked to gender or sexuality identities. Mm-hmm. It has to do with body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh my God. So you mm-hmm. would say That's that it's something person- I don't think we know about it. Yeah, this is very deep and important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So an intersex person could identify of any gender, of mm-hmm. any sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, their lives are affected by our understanding that there are only two bodies mm. yeah that mm. is an understanding which really is oppressive mm. yes to uh, intersex persons yes. a stands for asexual mm. asexual persons are those who do not wish to engage in sexual activity mm-hmm. it uh, does not mean that they may not have romantic feelings Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are many asexual people who uh, who are in relationships and who uh, 
so so that is uh, our normative understanding is that if you don't have sex you can't be in a relationship or if you don't have sex you might never feel attracted or desirable of desiring of someone yeah mm. we just sort of even mm. again connect sex and desire and all of these in very sort of uh, um, uh, unquestioning ways mm. yeah, an asexual person could always desire be in a relationship feel romantically but does not wish to Uh, is not someone who wants to engage in sexual activity or the acts of sex mm. so yeah. all i wanted to add is that we need to recognize that the social understandings of gender and sexuality are very mm. limited yes yeah within the social rules or social norms mm. uh, all we know about gender and sexuality is that a person can be heterosexual right mm-hmm. yeah. and that heterosexual desire can exist between Uh, a person who is a man and a person mm-hmm. who is a woman mm-hmm. and the understanding also is that a man will have a certain kind of body and the woman will have a certain kind of body mm-hmm. right yeah. so that's a very narrow and limited understanding because people's lives have shown people's bodies their experiences and their desires have long historically forever broken this myth that heterosexuality and only two bodies and only two genders exist in nature or exist in society right mm, yes so that's why the understanding of social this is a social understanding it's a social construction that mm. gender and sexuality needs to be limited only to this two body two gender one sexuality system so Absolutely. so so when we then talk of queer or lgbtqia plus mm. we are saying that there are people whose lives don't fit this narrow understanding don't fit this social rules or social norms these social understandings or social meanings uh, because these are created by society and they are not taking into account how people actually feel yes so yes. i don't know if that helps yes. give a context to why these labels then become labels right Yes. Ideally if we lived in a world where all kinds of people with all their realities were accepted then even heterosexuality should have been a label that yes. comes along with LGBTQIA. Yes. But yes. that's considered normal and everything else then becomes about terms and labels and the other. But that's yeah. because of the way society has constructed gender sexuality and that's the kind of crux of how we also then further look at mental health and queering mental health which we'll come to. Yeah, very important uh, point, Shruti Pooja. It was a great point. Uh, coming to your practice, guys, as a, a mental health practitioners, what is that specific mental health issue that you guys have to deal with on a regular basis while you're doing the practice of, uh, you know, querying uh, mental health with different, uh, you know, these communities? Uh, what is it that you face on a regular basis? So, I mean, uh, how we approach this, as I said, one is that our we recognize that people's lives. are often erased by you know social understandings yeah yes yes we recognize that in therapy okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so what we also and we also recognize that mental health itself has historically treated uh, queer people lgbtqi plus people as pathological subjects mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh so what we are trying to understand in our practice is that when a queer person is coming in for therapy they are carrying the weight Yes. Of social stigma. Mm, they are mm. carrying the weight of history of mental health, telling them that they are deviant. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. those are messages. Even if the, today the mental health books have said it's normal, there is a history 
there's a hangover of that history yes that all the people who don't fit that social understanding of heterosexual mm. experience they experience that stigma within themselves right mm, and yes. that is what we mainly work with that i feel okay as myself actually i am a queer person i am lesbian gay etc mm. i feel completely normal as myself but what yeah. makes me question it is the society's response to me society's yes. gaze on me society's lack of acceptance of me society's lack of investment celebration all the inequalities we spoke of earlier that i then become a human being that you don't care about much simply because you now know that i'm gay mm. and because you have some prejudice about my sexuality because yeah. of living in a society like this then you bring that prejudice to me right and then yes. i suffer so there's nothing inherently uh you know a wrong or abnormal about queer people their yes. distress comes from not being able to live an authentic life mm. because of how society looks at them and society treats them and in terms of conceptualization we call this unique life stresses which mm. we say are become unique to lgbtqi plus community because mm. of the social structure around them so mm. these unique life stresses would be very importantly of course one is lack of self acceptance yeah right and mm. then mm. struggling with acceptance from others mm. having to come out as a person otherwise you're assumed heterosexual so if yeah. you're not you're mm. living either a life that you hide you live a double life if you mm. do tell about yourself you can face all a range of violence so coming out becomes a life stressor yes yeah, yeah. uh getting into relationships that have to survive without legal and social sanction becomes mm. an additional point of struggle yeah, yeah first of all where do i find myself a partner because i don't know too many gay people yeah right if i yeah. do find someone nobody knows about us as a couple our families are not going to invite us into our homes their homes so there's a yeah. lot of isolation right? yes yes so that so, so surviving and thriving in relationships itself becomes a unique life stressor otherwise there's so much focus on marriage everybody rushes to keep a marriage intact so there's yeah. a lot of legal and social support but that's mm. not what is offered to gay couples queer couples right yes yes uh, the fourth one would be discrimination and harassment right from people stopping to be friends with you to to you know um, bullying to wow. more violent forms of corrective rape when it comes mm. to lesbians a uh, stopping mm. of education uh having to run away from home to just be yourself to telling you how to dress or wear your clothes a certain way or grow your hair or not grow it because they don't like how you express your gender all that of different forms of discrimination and harassment very overt as well as covert so that becomes an everyday reality for a queer person to engage with every single day i am exposed to various forms of discrimination right oh my god yes and hence yes. because of that i have mental health implications mm. because my everyday life is a struggle not because internally something is wrong with mm. me yeah. but externally society's response is such that it makes me feel very distressed about myself or about the people i am close to or live with or my colleagues or my bosses or my family etc 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 absolutely this is very very sensitive and very heart wrenching the whole thing going through it every day what kind of counseling that you guys 
give to them is there some specific technique you use specific tools you use because this is very sensitive something you know dealing with the feelings of a person pooja shruti how do you guys go about it do you want to sort of do you want to have an anecdote to it that you know something or someone that you're dealing with and you know how do you, you guys handle the situations and the feelings of the person again a good question because uh, there, there there is a misconception that there are particular methodologies that are mm. different mm. Uh, from mainstream methodologies that you would use to work with a queer person hmm yeah, yeah. Uh, what we are saying is that qacp or queer affirmative counseling or the queer mm. affirmative training that we uh, do is yeah. not about teaching you a different modality or a different technique of working with queer people hmm yeah because at the end of the day we are working with human beings yes. we are working with content like emotions thoughts feelings actions and yeah. these are not classified according to sexuality or gender yes yeah the, the content will be this but the idea is how do you treat this content how do you look at it what is your lens of understanding this content that the client brings what is your approach to the content are you able to see the social in the personal Mm. Yeah so when i say i'm feeling self conscious that if at my workplace if a man is saying that mm. for instance i feel self conscious in my workplace because if i make too many gestures i will be uh, labeled as um, a, as an effeminate uh, gay man which is of course very stigmatizing uh, and is a sort of a, you know this stigma of not being masculine enough all of this will come upon me and mm. therefore for i uh, i feel very uh, uncertain about making presentations i have many many good ideas mm. i am not able to bring it to my workplace because when i talk i gesticulate yes i use my arms to sort of express myself so my what is my my mode of expression is immediately a source of a, a source of stigma for me mm Yeah so I try not to talk yes. which means I miss out on important pitches and I miss out on uh, whatever uh, sort of uh, appreciation at the workplace I miss out on opportunities for my growth at the workplace all of this has happened now where do you think the problem lies in this scenario yeah and yeah. if i were to only see this as a matter of oh you have social anxiety or oh, let's talk about uh, techniques to sort of mitigate yeah. your anxiety alone i am yeah. completely missing the big, big picture i'm completely missing the source of distress here yes which is which is the mainstream script of masculinity which is the mainstream uh, sort of scripts about sexuality all the shame and the stigma that is attached to uh, being um, effeminate if you identify man all of these things are part of the issue yes yeah so uh, so we are saying that how do you treat content that comes to you how do you approach or engage with the content that a client brings unless you unless you operate from a queer positionality from a queer lens there yes. is so much you will end up missing now you might send this person to do some personality development or communication development classes hmm 
yeah which will which will really not address the real yes. problem yes here. absolutely yeah? of absolutely. of of shame and stigma mm. uh now we are also as i said earlier we are not saying that those techniques will not work or you shouldn't use those techniques that's not we are saying what we are saying at all mm. Mm. please mm. go ahead and use your uh, uh, methodologies you want to use cbt rebt whatever these are all you know psychological yeah. sort of mm. modalities use whichever modality you want mm. but we are saying you will not adequately address the distress of the client if you do not operate from a queer lens Absolutely. so qscp essentially is not about techniques it's about perspective mm, and the perspective is what we are trying to bring to our work our training or our skills and all will hold us in good stead if we are good at the skills yeah i mean that's like a basic sort of a thing we need to it's it's we will be uh, we have to be competent with our skills absolutely Mm. but um, we need to supplement our skills or our uh, our competence with a queer affirmative lens absolutely so is it something uh, shruti uh, if you would like to add something is there any anecdote you guys would like to share somebody that uh, you're dealing with and you know how you're equipping equip them to uh, deal with everyday uh, life sure it's basically a few things one is to recognize uh that there is inequality in the way gender and sexuality exists in society right yes, yes. and heterosexuality and the and the two types of bodies and two types of gender only is mm. privileged over all the others right mm-hmm. yes so to recognize that when a client comes in uh mm. they are already living in an unequal society yeah so to rec- and that the un- and that the distress has been caused mainly by the social system so that is what we would mean by a queer affirmative lens that mm. that the, the psychic experiences of living in an unequal structure right yeah, yeah. that's what we are addressing so that can play out in many ways mm. uh, i already went through the unique life stressors a client may come in and uh, be deeply ashamed of being a man who loves another man right mm. Mm. and uh, so you would work with shame Yeah. and you would yes. work at helping the client recognize that it is a normal natural feeling and attraction it yeah. is valid it is real mm. and uh, he need not and should not be ashamed of it right yes. and that can be done in different ways i mean uh, sometimes there are clients who've come in and they are very used to do giving bollywood references so mm. then you work with you because if if the, as pooja said earlier you're a competent practitioner you will speak the language of the client so you if mm-hmm. you know that the client is someone who makes a lot of bollywood references you would say the same thing and you may maru a filmy dialogue and say dil to kisi pe bhi aa sakta hai but by saying kisi pe bhi aa sakta hai you opened up room for the client to say it need not be only for a woman if i'm a man i yeah. can be a man who can be with a man but you've just used a simple dialogue and said it with a certain flourish and that indicates to your client that you are not judging you are actually truly believe that all sexualities are valid deserve celebration and deserve to be valued and mm. then you convey that to the client then the client takes that on and says if you can value me i will value myself and then yeah. that ego strength is what they take out into the world and learn to perhaps uh, either disregard people who cannot value them or uh, you know fight back or fight for their respect in society so 
mainly we work with emotional content of shame discrimination helplessness rejection fear uh, you know self loathing all, all this absolutely and uh, how do you guys equip yourself uh, to uh, you know do this day in and day out because that itself is a challenge is without a doubt a challenge yeah yeah uh, but uh, you know if we were to not work like this it would be more challenging because yeah. what we are taught is simply mm. not enough and especially mm. as queer people who are also mental health practitioners yeah for us rooting our practice in this way Mm. and applying the queer affirmative affirmative lens not just to queer people but to all our clients is mm. something that is in many ways empowering even for us as practitioners mm-hmm. it gives us strength of course we see uh, you know we are able to support our clients and then that brings us strength and we keep ourselves informed as puja had mentioned earlier we are part of collectives we work in teams yeah. uh, we definitely seek therapy for ourselves we seek mm. supervision for ourselves So mm. we've set up a system where we know how to take care of care of ourselves as therapists and as queer therapists mm-hmm. especially. Uh, so we do that kind of stuff, yeah. And I think our uh, our our politics are a huge resource for us mm-hmm. internally. It it provides us with a lot of strength because we believe in queer feminist values. We mm-hmm. believe in social justice. so at mm. the end of the day what is our fuel i mean th- this is very difficult work it's very challenging work you will always need yeah. something that fuels you that motivates you that helps you get through mm. uh, the day that helps you recharge and helps you continue to believe in this work we believe in this work because we believe in equality we mm. believe in our work and we continue to do this because we believe in social justice because we believe in a just world we want to contribute towards that goal we want to make our our we want to co- contribute our bit to that dream that all of us share of a just world and we yes. very strong we are very strongly rooted in queer feminist values so Absolutely. these become our sort of you know our recharge points and mm. our uh, our sustenance in this kind mm. of work yeah mm. um guys extending the conversation of qscp a bit uh, but, you know if you would like to you know give some more understanding to our audience that how can they if they want to be part of the course how can they be part of the course and what all is needed for it um, uh, and where can they reach out right okay so i'll just give you a quick sort of history of uh, qscp sure um uh, qscp uh, stands for queer affirmative counseling practice mm. um this was a program sort of uh, which uh, was birthed in that sense or originated with the coming together of six mental health practitioners who are also queer identified mm-hmm. and with the support of mariwala health initiative another funding organization which has a again the grounding in queer feminist values so therefore mm. this coming together was was just so organic and so good for both uh, parties uh, involved i mean it was it, this the, the, this is uh, this has been uh, i think a fantastic sort of uh, an alliance that we were able to build a very sort of powerful alliance here between a funding organization with its site very clearly on social justice mm-hmm. and six mhps who also want to do anti oppressive practice who want to do queer affirmative work and who believe that the social is a, is very much a part of mental health 
Mm. So that's a space that all of us agree and are on the same page. Mm. uh and and that's how this sort of program was initiated or that's how it mm. began the six mm. of us developed content we we mm. developed the curriculum uh, and mhi supported us throughout this uh, endeavor mm. sure uh, we rolled it out last year mm-hmm. uh, in uh, bombay it's a six day course mm-hmm. we have so far done it uh, uh, mostly in a 3 plus 3 format 3 days one module and then a mm-hmm. break and then 3 days for the for the second module mm-hmm. we also did it as a 6 day uh, at one shot program but that was a residential program that happened in uh, uh, in tiss uh so yeah uh, this is 6 days two modules uh, and in the last one year we have worked with and trained with 100 mental health practitioners awesome across the country mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we have had pa- uh, we chiefly held trainings in delhi bombay bangalore but our participants have come from across 10 cities Mm. so we are also sort of trying to build a community of mental health practitioners who do this kind of work who do queer affirmative work so i mean this is just a quick sort of capsule of what we have been doing so far and what has happened in the last one year the mm. feedback has been excellent so in some ways there is a social media presence so anyone who's interested can use the hashtag qacp to keep updated on what's happening in this space mm-hmm. uh and a lot of our participants are also sort of now creating content so there's much online for people to read mm-hmm. um and in terms of admissions and all that i would uh, say to, to follow uh, mariwala health initiative or mhi on social media platforms like instagram and twitter Mm-hmm. and fa- uh, facebook i think i'm not sure but twitter yes definitely and also their website so these are all spaces where you will get to know updates as soon as admissions open for the next uh, round of qacp you will mm-hmm. find uh, all the necessary information there and you just need mm-hmm. to apply mm-hmm. absolutely and uh, uh what kind of uh, you know people could come and be part of this course is, is there any specification and also why is it important to do this course um well i'll take the second one first yes. it yes. is important uh, it is important to do this course because our education does not provide it our formal education in college systems uh, in university systems do not provide it it's that mm-hmm. simple This yeah. is not something that is part of formalized curriculum. Yeah. Yeah, one is as Shruti earlier mentioned one is because historically you are in the books only as deviant subjects. You are only mm. things to be studied and reformed. Mm. Yeah, that's number one. The other mm. is now even if we are out of books we are uh, there is still this sort of uh, I mean at the end of the day the social uh, factors haven't changed. You might take us out of curriculum but that has not led to any sort of widespread change in uh, perspective or in change in values or any sort of change in how you see queer mm. people. Yeah, yes. so the the that prejudice that exists in society exists within the psychology or the counseling student exists within the teachers exists within curriculum. Yes. These are not things that will sort of even quickly go away unless you are dedicated to removing them. Uh, yes. So uh, so very simply put our formal college or university education does not equip 
counselors and psychologists and mental health practitioners to engage with queer issues and distress of queer people so the course is necessary Absolutely. yeah you will not find this in your books is what yes. i'm trying to say yes uh, and the second question uh, who can do this course or who should hmm. do be doing this course and all we would say largely we are trying to work with mental health practitioners yeah counselors mm-hmm. therapists psychologists who engage with uh, queer people as clients mm-hmm. we all, we've also had uh, in the past one or two academics academicians who wanted to sort of take this content and start sort of start conversations in their institutional spaces like educational spaces and all of that we've also had persons like that uh we've also had a couple of educators who work with school systems who work with other uh, um, who work on creating content who work on creating curriculum for school children so there are uh, largely we're trying to look at persons who engage with queer people or who engage on queer issues and who or who want to and sort of are looking for that kind of support on how to go about this kind of work mm-hmm. but yes largely mental health practitioners okay yeah. abam yeah sorry mm-hmm. why do the course yeah i'd mm. like to add like yes, that yes. i think as mhps why we need to do this course is because we belong after all to the same society that mm. stigmatizes certain kinds of genders and sexualities mm-hmm. right so yeah. if we have to work with queer people we have to know that we will also internalize these ideas of what is right what is wrong what is good what is bad what is normal what is abnormal mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. then we will take it into our practice and we will do damage yes because we are not at the very basic level we have not even understood that there is so much stigma and prejudice that i carry within myself and i carry it into my practice and then i damage my clients so affirmative work actually in this course we first unlearn our basic ideas of gender sexuality we basically first unlearn what it means to be normal and then yes. we build newer knowledge newer perspectives uh, that will help us use our skills which we already know in newer ways and that newer knowledge is knowledge from queer people that is the crux of the course awesome. queer people are telling mental health practitioners this is how we are this is how yeah. you need to work with us so it's really from the ground knowledge that we mm-hmm. are bringing into mental health practice so the mental health practitioner is contributing by saying i have competence i have skills i will unlearn my prejudice and i will update my knowledge from queer people themselves and then mm-hmm. that package becomes very powerful in not only supporting queer clients but also then finally contributing to social justice and perhaps reducing the stigma or reducing the inequality that comes because of gender sexuality it's brilliant unlearning your prejudices is is a brilliant line that's all for this episode guys but do connect to us and tell us about this specific episode uh, as we talk about breaking the taboos and uh, let's keep the conversation going If you wish to connect to Shruti or Pooja you can find their details in the description as well you can also find them on Mariwala Health Initiative website and in case you wish to connect to us talk to us tell us something about the podcast share your any of your experiences you can find us on all the social media handles as epilog media as metaphysical lab 
and you can also check out uh, our website which is uh, aplog.media all right guys uh, this is suchita signing off and i'll see you next week with another episode of the social